Project Kayfabe. All right, everyone, welcome to Project Kayfabe, a wrestling and pop culture podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe. Today is Wednesday, March 3rd. Fucking crazy to think that we're in March right now, you know, just fucking wild and also just the weather is crazy if you're living on the fucking east coast like today was like 20 something degrees <laughs> tomorrow is going to be fucking 50 degrees here in new york uh, as always as you can hear in the background i got my boy quad a as we're doing a wrestling episode what's up yo so it's always great to do this you know there's a lot of fucking wrestling things to talk about so we're gonna talk about a lot of the wrestling news that happened within the last week which is very much surprising there was tons of shit that happened over the last week since we last recorded um, on top of that, we, uh, we're going to try some two little segments. Quade uh, has a little thing that he wants to bring into the conversation, so we'll debate on that. Uh, it's going to be a debate on 2007 to 2010 TNA versus AEW right now. And, you know, just debating on, you know, what's, what was, I guess, really good and what was really bad and so on and so forth. And I'm going to offer this thing called This or That. Uh, I'm going to see if I can expand this into other episodes. But, you know, obviously there's this and then there's that. Which one do you like better? So that's what we're going to do. Uh, no real reviews on any shows. I don't think so. We're, we're going to save that for next week when we review uh, Revolution, which is coming up this Sunday. Uh, but with all that being said, I want to thank everyone for following the pages. You know, our Instagram, our Twitter, and our TikTok has been growing, which is pretty fucking dope. The same with our podcast. You know, over 2,000 plays, 2,000 and a hunt over almost 2,200 plays at this point. Huge. And we know we, we're, we're kind of we're international. We're, we're in the U.S. We're in the U.K. Uh, we're in Canada. We're in Ireland. I'm pretty sure in Germany or one or the other. Uh, I got to double check again. But hey, we're getting out there, which is pretty dope. So if you guys are liking what we're doing, keep following up with us. We're going to try and find more ways to engage with you guys. As always, follow up on the social media. You can find me also personally at Joe Bro three one six, aka three sixteen, and then you can follow Quade. At boy and his tech, is that your new thing now? <laughs> it's boy and his tech on all platforms: Instagram, Twitter, not TikTok because TikTok won't let me change my name until the fourteenth. So don't go there. But yeah, yeah. As uh, you know, as I do, predominantly the Project Kayfabe, the pop culture, and the wrestling. You know, Quade got his tech channel that he's been working on on YouTube, and he's trying to expand on the other platforms. So go check him out there. He just had a new video on the Bose uh, Color Link, right? Color Link Two is that the name of it? Yeah, that's so the name. Go check it out, and you'll go check out his stuff. And as always, thank you guys again for listening. It means a lot. Now let's get into the episode. All right, so now we're going to talk the biggest news of the week in this last week of pro wrestling. Honestly, there's a lot of things to talk about, which I did not expect. But the number one thing I want to mention Congratulations to our WWE champion, Bobby Lashley. I, I I really can't, you know, comprehend that this is an actual thing. I remember, you know, seeing Bobby Lashley originally in the WWE. I was such a big fan of his growing up. Like, you know, he was in a way like my like I looked at him like, yo, that's that's like the black version of Batista. Like this dude is big and huge and he's gonna be a big star. And unfortunately, they never really used him enough. You know, he got the U.S. championship back then, and he was an ECW world champion. He had that whole, uh, you know, sting going on with Vince McMahon and Umaga and Donald Trump. 
But uh, besides that, afterwards, he was really like never to be seen again for years. And then he had a career in, you know, MMA, he had his TNA career that he did like twice. He had two runs in TNA. And honestly, like it was crazy to think that Bobby Lashley came back and had such a shitty ass gimmick where he was slapping his butt cheeks. And for some reason, Leo Rush was tagged with him. And it was an interesting pairing, you know, and then they had him in this weird marriage feud going on with Rusev and Lana. And he, you know, he stuck it out for a lot. MVP came out here. They banded together. They got Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. The Hurt business has been picking up. Honestly, it's one of my favorite groups that have been developed in the last couple of years just because they're actually dominating. And I was very scared for a short period of time because it looked like they were beefing and it was going to explode. But now, not only are Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin the world tag team champions on Raw, now Bobby Lashley is finally the WWE champion after what a 16 year career since he's like started in the WWE and on and like I said he went back and forth and leaving and going other places and now he's back now he's the champ and it's just also fucking crazy to see how many black world champ like black champions we have you know in general like in other companies like TNA there's two black world champions right now because uh, Moose. Uh, TNA titles now official as a world title there but just think about it you know we we have Cedric Alexander we got Shelton Benjamin we got Bobby Lashley we got uh, Big E we got Sasha Banks this is this is huge you know I remember a couple months ago on in August I came off an article about how like you know black wrestlers need to get represented more and just not only like you know have some you know their 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 lights be shine but now acknowledge what they've done. And WWE, wow, it's really picked up their fucking game. We got a black WWE champion, and it was after Black History Month. That's <laughs> fucking huge. Look at that. It didn't even have to be Black History Month to have a black champ. Oh, man. When, when this was a big day for me, you know, I, I there's certain points throughout the night yesterday that I was like, yeah, they're not, they're not going to pull the trigger. I don't trust WWE for doing this. Black History Month. Honestly, like, there's few times where like Black History Month's over, he's not winning the title. I thought freaking Braun and and Prince about to win the tag team titles. I thought this was gonna be worse than ever. <laughs> but then, uh, <laughs> then Bobby, Bobby did it. He pulled he pulled off the the easy feat, you know, easy match. But I'm ha- I can't say that I'm upset. I'm extremely happy for him. This is this is what I wanted to happen. I like we talked about this playing times where we said. Bobby Lashley should be the champion in, in Mania, and most likely he will be champion heading into Mania if nothing goes wrong over the next six weeks. But uh, this is this is just great. Like I saw a picture earlier today, like The Rock, Kofi, and and Bobby, like all oh, because like that's like the three black WWE champions, I believe. So, it, and I saw another picture like different, like other other like World Champion Day in general. Like Biggie had the NXT title at the time; it wasn't really a world title, but it's still the top title to get. You had Keith Lee win the NXT title this year, which is technically, I guess, some sort of a world title. Um, Mark Henry, like, there's plenty of people who won world titles throughout the, throughout the uh, time. And it's just, like, it's so far in between, but now it's so kind of, like, I don't think, I don't remember another time of day where we have Bobby, uh, shoot, I'm blanking right now. Uh, Sasha Banks, Sasha Banks, Cedric and, Alexander, all yeah. of them. And like, even Roman's not, he's not technically black, but I know I can say someone's a relative of, 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 of you know, being black. So I'll give he gives Roman off this, He gives off this strong energy. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it's just an awesome time to be a person of color watching wrestling because you see people who look like you succeeding. And this goes beyond just black wrestlers. Because you see people like Damian Priest, who's off to like an amazing start. 
you have freaking like Asuka, you know, like there's there's so much opportunities for people of color and in, in wrestling right now, and it's just awesome to see. And Bobby Lashley winning titles just cherry on top. Yeah, like it's beautiful. Like you're all right. Like there probably has never been such a time where there's been this many champions of color. You know, whether you're like it's crazy to think because predominantly wrestling has been dominated by white men and women. And now here we got Asian champions, we got black champions, we got, you know, Hispanics doing their thing. And, you know, it's just crazy to think, like, that this is actually happening. And and props to WWE for, like, you know, stepping up and doing stuff like this. This is really great to see. And just seeing Bobby Lashley win the title, that was, like, a great fucking moment to actually see it. It's unfortunate that it had to come and happen against (laughs) The Miz. Like, that's the... That's that's the real like sour part about it. If there had to be any, it's like you know, finally the Miz gets the championship again after ten years and not even being involved with it. But then, unfortunately, you know, he lost it within a week, <laughs> or I guess you could call it, he had it for like two weeks. Yeah, it was two weeks he's had it, and uh, I mean, I kind of wish then like maybe they just would have not pull the trigger on the money in the bank and just hold on to it. You know, like it would have been nice to see, you know, him actually be drew for it. I just, but that's what we're probably going to get at mania. But um, I don't know. It's just poor time for the Miz. Um, Hopefully there will be a chance where he could, you know, get it in some form again. I mean, he's like, I describe the Miz as like a workhorse, you know, he's been doing everything. And honestly, like, his career since winning the WWE title back in uh, uh, 2011 never really went down per se. And like the Miz was never really injured and the Miz has just done the work, you know, and it would be great to actually see him get an opportunity again. But just right now in the way that WWE is building up the WWE title, it's not like there's no role for him in there kind of, because, okay, you got, Drew McIntyre, you got Bobby Lashley, all just big, beefy dudes. And The Miz, like, the way they build The Miz yesterday in that match, like, every fucking hit he tried to give on Bobby Lashley was unfazed because he's a tank, you know? So, I mean, this is phenomenal for Bobby, but poor Miz. And they made him look like a punk-ass bitch in that (laughs) match. Like, they literally, like, destroyed the shit out of him and then, like, you know, abused him after the match was over too. <laughs> like MVP kept on saying, "Go fuck him up." Like it was, it was impressive. And I feel like part of it is because of the storyline yesterday. Like, so the Miz was supposed to be having this title match like last week, and then you know he's like, "I need some time. I need some time." And then all of yesterday, it also felt like you know what's going to happen? Are they just going to wait until Fast Lane to change over the title and at least give the Miz like a month of having the championship? Because that's what I thought was going to happen until finally they pulled the trigger at the last like couple of minutes and they put the match on and it was a lumberjack match. And, you know, I thought the Miz was still going to find a way to get out of it and find a way to, you know, just run away. But no, nah, he fucking lost. And now I just wonder what's uh, what's next for the Miz. Yeah, I don't know what the Miz is going to do. I mean, I, I guess I kind of have an idea what he's going to do, but bad bunny. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly really did feel bad for him because like, I was also excited that he won the title, <laughs> and, and but it, it just sucks that it came down to you know, I like I like Bobby a little bit more, so you know, it just sucks for him. But you know, hopefully he gets his his due diligence at some point. You know, I think he deserves it, maybe like a year or so. But 
I mean, I, I, I and like when they, like going back to the fact that they kept pushing the match off, I honestly thought, honestly, like, oh, yeah, this is for raiding purposes. And I'm like, this is not gonna work. People are gonna tune out. But all behold, Raw had the best raids that they had in a long time. <laughs> so did they? It, it worked. Yeah, like they were top three, um, from all, like for Monday in each hour, which is like amazing for Raw. I, I would say, and they had what well, the average like one point eight a mil. So, by in my opinion, Bobby's a draw. You know, look. Drew was Drew's not champion. The rings go up. I don't know. You, people, you read into that, but I'm I'm reading into it as Bobby's a bad champion already, <laughs> or a better like person to put in that spotlight. It's I, I feel a lot of it is like just for unfortunately for Drew, the babyface gimmick wasn't really mm-hmm. it it ran its course like a lot of babyfaces do. You know, when you're just the same baby face saying, I'm going to, you know, be a fighting champion. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm a big, strong guy. Like, it gets boring. And that's why it's, like, cool to see, like, you know, it's going to be nice to have Bobby. Because Bobby, I wouldn't wouldn't define Bobby as a promo guy, but he got the Miz. I mean, not the Miz. He got MVP to do all that for him, you know. And And he has a group of guys behind him, so there's a lot that they can work with. Uh, right now, the Hurt Business is still like heels, but in a way, like people are going to be cheering for them, even though technically it's like there's no people. It's just like <laughs> fucking piped up crowd noise. But I feel like, you know, when he comes in to, as champion at WrestleMania, when there's actual fans, like fans are going to be cheering for Bobby because why wouldn't you? And, you know, I'm, I'm very interested to see what's going to lead into WrestleMania. Will we get Bobby versus Drew or... You know, there's always the idea. People have been wanting to fucking see Brock Lesnar and Bobby get into the fucking ring and just be big, beefy dudes against each other. So that'll be interesting. You know, it's, it leaves a question. Like, now I'm, I'm starting to think, like, okay, by, like, at Elimination Chamber, there was still that whole Bad Bunny Miz thing going on. But right now, like, in the last two weeks, it's kind of been, like, it's been like Angel Garza and Bad Bunny and like yeah. and uh, and and Damian Priest. So now I feel like I don't know what direction they're going there, but I know like the Miz is going to be at WrestleMania more than likely, and it was always seeming like he was going to go against Bad Bunny. It'll probably happen again, but you know I hope WWE goes does right by the Miz at some point because the dude <laughs> he looked like a piece of shit against Bobby <laughs> yesterday. I felt pretty bad for him. There was a moment I just felt bad. I'm like damn, like. He got his moment, and he had that. There was that cool thing, you know, when he had the back and forth conversation with Drew last night, where he got his fireworks celebration and all that. I'm like, this dude would be a good champion simply because he's a heel and he could talk, and you know, he could make it interesting. You know, he could make the WWE title interesting again. Because honestly, I was getting a little bit bored of Drew McIntyre with the whole feud going on. With like, for example, the Randy one. That one took. I, I felt like that one took some life out of me after a while. <laughs> like. And I don't even honestly it made me forget a lot of who else he faced. I know he had Seth for a little bit. Wow, I forgot about that. <laughs> that yeah, like ages ago. Yeah, it's felt like such a long time. And you know, I was Drew a good champion. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it just kind of got boring and stale. So it's nice to see some new blood into the championship scene. But you know, I I hope they do by they do right by the Miz and Drew's going to be fine. I don't think he'll like go back to like a mid card or anything like that. He's too big to not 
And, you know, they'll figure out something to do. Like, they're figuring out something to do with Braun Strowman, even though I don't give a shit about Braun Strowman. <laughs> they wasted so much time on Braun, you know, with all the original hype that he had just to never put him as champ, and then they did, and then I didn't give a shit when they made him champ. So, I don't know. Interested to see what they're going to do next. What do you think is going to happen? Honestly, um, in terms of, like, I think Bobby's going to go main as champ. I don't I, – I just – I have this, this sad. Like as much as we feel bad for the Miz, I think we're gonna be feeling bad for Bobby Lashley come April, whatever day is made. I have this gut feeling that Drew McIntyre is gonna win the title for a third time, and just because in front of a crowd. And I think this is gonna backfire on them completely. As I think people are gonna turn. I think there's gonna be a good amount of people who will actually turn on Drew because there like, there's there's basically no reason him making him drop the title to Miz if he's gonna get the title back like two months later. You know, and I think that's gonna make people be like, "All right, I'm over this. This is you just doing this. You do this is like Roman Reigns light, but you giving him more titles than he should, than he should have in within like a year span." But yeah, yeah. Who knows? But then maybe you know the fans turn on Drew. Maybe this could be useful. Maybe they could they give Drew a heel WWE run yeah. and. I feel like it could be at least bring life into the character of Drew because. Well, I, what I will say, it is, you know, Drew, like, his match against Sheamus, it was what I expected last night on Raw, just to be fucking each other up, and, you know, I want to see, like, Drew taking fucking liberties on people and fucking people up, you know? But uh, him being just a real nice guy is kind of a little boring. <laughs> so, who knows, but I don't know. Like, I feel like right now, fans are happy, so maybe they'll want to continue and push Bobby, but... Who knows? There's still a lot of time between now and WrestleMania. Six six whole weeks. So a lot can change in between, especially with Fastlane happening. I don't think they'll change the belts, but at least stories can progress leading up to it. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, yeah, there's a lot, a lot can change. I already know Bobby could join the title next week. <laughs> They're booking a little place right now, so it's just a waiting game. Um, next thing I want to talk about, and this was funny because, you know, as we, you know, we dropped the episodes out on Wednesday and on Wednesday, big fucking news came out. Paul White, AKA the fucking big show signs of AEW. Not, I never saw this fucking happening. This was just so fucking random. I remember waking up and I look, I, I look at Instagram and I see it on Chris Jericho's Instagram. I'm like, this looks like a fake photo. Why is this on here? <laughs> Like, why is, like, Chris Jericho, like, using fake photos on his Instagram? And then I go on Twitter, and it's fucking everywhere. Like, this was one of the biggest news in such a long time. And, you know, it's and it's also not, like, Big Show in, like, ring attire. It's him in a fucking suit, <laughs> and he kind of looks skinnier. So I was like, what is going on? Like, what is this fake fucking news? And then you read, like, the official statement out from AEW. It's like, yeah, you know, Paul White has joined us. You know, he signed a great contract with us. He's going to be on the commentary team for our new show, AEW Dark Elevation, uh, which I was like, what? There's also a new Dark? And it's I think it's going to be on YouTube from what it seems like. I think it comes out, like, in the next two weeks. And apparently this show is going to be, like, a way to showcase more stars, but then also, like, showcase indie stars, apparently, is what I read and, or what I recall. And then also Big Show is kind of going to be like a part-time like competitor for them. So that was very, very interesting. You know, I, 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 I like it. You know, it's in, 
I don't have a problem with this because I like the fact that they're not promoting him right away as like he's our wrestler. Like, no, he's going to clearly probably he's going to be an ambassador. They also said he'll be like an AEW ambassador. So this will be great for young talent to get some knowledge from the big show. One of the most dominant big men ever in professional wrestling history. And, you know, having such a, you know, wide career that he's had and being all over the place he could teach him a lot he could teach a lot of young future giants how to turn heel face heel and face again all in like one year <laughs> like you know the big show knows a fucking lot so i'm very interested to see where this came where this is what's going to come out of this but this came out of like left fucking field <laughs> yeah this, this caught me off guard i was like well i was like it's it just so random like this is because he was just on raw being belittled by Randy Orton. He's basically being bullied by Randy Orton in the Raw like not that long ago. So that was this was definitely a shocking uh, news. But I mean it's cool. I mean I, I have I have no issues with this. I think he'll be good for it. People in the back, the young wrestlers. Uh I've never seen him as a commentary as a commentary before, so I'll be interested. You no, know, it can't be bad. As it can't be worse than like freaking Corey Graves or something. So I expect him to be interesting to to hear him talk. Uh and I kinda expect them, you know, it just seems Shaq is here, Big Show's here. They never got the match, you know. Why not do it in AEW? I don't know. Like I'll be done with this finally see Shaq versus Big Show one day. So they're in the right spot. Well, I'll say I'll be down to see it once I see what the fuck happens on AEW this week <laughs> when Shaq wrestles. Because like I don't think the Shaq Shaq is just Shaq. He, he, he's not a wrestler, so, like, everyone wanted that match, but, like, I don't think it's going to translate the same way, like, you know, Big Show versus Floyd Mayweather did. Yeah. I could see it being very fucking clumsy, but, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what Shaq has to offer, especially because, you know, he's facing Cody and uh, Red Velvet this week uh, when he partners up with Jade. I will say, though, like, the other week, we did get to see, like, uh, Shaq and Jade together, but they weren't fucking, like, practicing wrestling. They were shooting free throws and threes. Like, <laughs> where should I wanted to know, make sure Shaq is actually, like, getting ready in the ring. <laughs> I saw he's worked out and he's slimmed down a little bit, but at the same time, I'm like, but can he, like, do stuff in the ring? Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if he can even, like, move <laughs> properly in the ring. He looked he look kind of stiff and just in general, so. I don't know. <laughs> I'm very interested to see what happens out of this. But uh, Big Show in AEW. That's like the last person you expect. Like, oh, you know, when you're thinking of people that are going to go over there, that is not something I thought. And, you know, apparently, like, him and WWE couldn't really come to, like, terms in their contract that he want, that they were trying to set up. And, you know, the last time we got to see Big Show on WWE television, this dude was fucking out here, like, Getting looking like a bitch in front of Randy Orton. Like, it's kind of disappointing for him, but at the same time, now he's going to have some stuff he could do in AEW. And you know what? As long as they don't have him involved with any title pictures or anything like that, like, they could really use the big show for some good stuff. If they were going to use him in wrestling, like, have him go against maybe some big guys or maybe have, like, him fuck up Marco Stunt or some shit. I don't fucking know, but. You know, he doesn't need a title picture or anything like that. He could he could do some stuff. I don't think the Big Show's time is officially done yet. He lost a lot of weight in the last couple of years, so he could have like a nice part time role going for him. Yeah, at least at least Big Show could say that he made a event to WrestleMania before he got before he left. You know, uh, that's that's uh, you know that's that's one accomplishment to see. He is the unofficial main event WrestleMania thirty five, no matter what anybody says. 
<laughs> I mean, hey, Big Show's done a fucking lot. You can't even... There's, like, no way. Like, this guy is, like, a first ballot Hall of Famer for sure. And then another, like... So there's just been a lot of weird news lately. And one of the weirdest things that's happened in the last 24 hours... And one of the most fucked up things... I don't know, did you see? Uh, there was that Women's for Wrestling for Women's Charity show apparently happening. Did you hear about this? On March 20th, there was a show being promoted called Wrestling for Women's Charity. And obviously, as it says in the title, it's going to go for Women's Charity. And on this poster, it's a pink poster. They got a lot of people on there. You got Carlito. You got uh, Brian Cage. You got Chris Masters. You got Trey Lamar. You got Eric Rowan. You got that fucked up dude, uh, Davey Boy Jr. And then even more fucked up than him, you got Joey Ryan. I, okay, now that explains the meme that I saw today. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, what did you see? It was a meme. You know how Scooby do the takeoff? Like, oh, you're not this person. You're this. So it was like, this is not a women's charity event. This is Joey Ryan. And it showed like, them a mask of him. I was like, I don't get it. Now I do. Yeah. So apparently, this is uh, from the rumors that are going around and what's being said. Um, the first part I saw was like, I saw this poster. I'm like, oh, this could, this is interesting. Like, the first thing that caught my eye was the fact Carlito was on here. I'm like, okay, cool. And then I saw there's a lot of more notable wrestlers on here. Like JTG's also on here. Jacob Fatu. And Gangrel. And then I fucking see Joey Ryan's face on here. I'm like, what is the hell is going on? <laughs> and, and in my head, I'm like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. You know, first of all, one of the worst things ever is if you're going to be a fucking like a, a promoter and you're going to do a show like this, but you have Joey Ryan on the poster. If you want to put Joey Ryan on the show for whatever reason, maybe you don't put him on the damn poster and then it'll be a shock to the whole fucking world when you see Joey Ryan there. I don't know what the idea behind this was. But then it started, you know, once this started making its rounds on Twitter, wrestlers that are signed to this show were like fucking like saying all right i'm pulling out of this because i did not know this was happening then turns out apparently this is done through joey ryan and bar wrestling which is what he owns and like people are not down with this at all people do not want to see joey ryan host a show for a woman's charity he he, he really thought he could pull a fast one and and, and do this and be like, okay maybe people will, will accept me now no, we're not. We're not down for that. We, we, we don't accept this behavior. You could. Oh my gosh, that's 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 just kind. Of, that's kind of like honestly, like disgusting <laughs> that, that he's trying to do this. If that, like, I don't think part of me feel like he just doing this for his own publicity. But yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I'm really confused on what he's trying to go for here. Like, like I don't know if you're gonna do a woman's charity thing. I feel like. I don't know. He, the man was literally fighting against the allegations that were held against him with what happened with the whole, you know, sexual allegations he's had. And yet the guy's here trying to do a woman's charity event. It's, it's just one of the fucking weirdest things. It, it's, it's, it's fucking weird. Joey Ryan is, you know, just deeping this hole, like making this hole he has deeper and deeper and deeper. But like, I, I I was flabbergasted when you see it, you know? Like, 
like Tiger Driver, you know, one of the big Twitters out there, and a cool, uh, not promotion, but cool uh, little uh, website, and they have some cool stuff on there. One of the tweets they said, like, it's obvious most of the performers on the poster had no idea that this was run <laughs> by Bar Wrestling or Joey Ryan would be on the event. And, like, people are, like, also, like, kind of bashing some of these wrestlers, which is ridiculous. Like, clearly they had no clue Joey Ryan was going to be a part of this. And now a lot of them are out here, like, pissed off and don't want to be a part of this. Yeah, I kind of just hope everyone just backs out and just, like, I don't know. I wouldn't want to be part of it, too, if you, if you sign up something and they don't know you're going to be working with this man. <laughs> like, that's really, that's really the first thing they, they let people know. Yeah, and props to Tony Khan because actually he pulled out his AEW stars from this show mm. once he saw it was happening, and now the event's actually canceled. <laughs> yes, I think at that point, which is, if you're gonna lose like AEW stars, who probably probably like some of the biggest stars that's gonna be at the event, you might as well just cancel it at that point. Tony Khan's yeah. smart man. They went on to Twitter and says, "We apologizing for riling everyone up. It was clear that we're in over our heads." We'll say that everybody booked was fully aware of all details, including going through AEW's third-party booking system for talent. Rather than put a talent through a tough situation, we've canceled the show. I feel like people would have not fucking signed up for this if they knew Joey Ryan was a part of it. They don't want that fucking... They don't want to be involved with that bullshit. Yeah, I I doubt they knew. (laughs) I don't think they knew any good faith at all. Yeah, so... Like, it's just crazy. Like, Joey Ryan, dude. I remember I kind of, like, I never really understood Joey Ryan's, like, I think I I started liking Joey Ryan for a bit. Like, there was that time when he was on TNA where he was kind of interesting. I liked the idea. It was like he was just a sleazy guy. In a way, it was similar to a Val Venus type of gimmick, you know, sleazy guy trying to take it back to that 80s porn type of vibe that kind of like Val Venus and Oi did, which wasn't like bad. It was interesting. But then when he started doing that, his move was like people grabbing his dick and then getting flipped by his dick. It got really fucking weird after a while. And like the fact is like, you know, a lot of people willingly did this. And then when you hear everything else that came out of it, like, Dude, like Joey Ryan used to be a really cool thing, I would say. Like his PWG stuff, especially like he helped put women's wrestling, I feel, more on the map, or at least not women's wrestling, but uh, intergender wrestling on the map. Like him and Candice LeRae were one of the best indie tag teams for a long time in the indies. They had this one crazy match against the Young Bucks at PWG. I believe it was a guerrilla warfare match. And like that's where that famous photo of Candice LeRae bleeding to death basically is like from. And that was like hype, Joey, like the hype of Joey Ryan's career. And ever since, you know, he's just going fucking down. It's crazy. I didn't even know to cancel every team though with him. <laughs> that, that's that's news to me. That's interesting. <laughs> There's a lot of things I feel like you're <laughs> you've you either forgot or just weren't aware of back then. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't, I've never kept. I've never really cared for Joey Ryan, so I never kept tabs with him. I just knew that he did that move. Or like I don't know, like his privates, whatever. It was like the dick, the dick flex. And and, and besides that, I honestly thought when I first saw that, I thought I was like, "Is this Rick Rude?" (laughs) I honestly, I thought it was like an old clip. I was confused, but yeah, I don't don't know about the guy. I just know, I know about him now. (laughs) The things he done, I don't. Yeah, I was really aware. Yeah, big fucking bad move to put Joey Ryan on the poster. This this event could have possibly went down and been easy. (laughs) 
if you just don't have the acknowledgement that Joey Ryan is doing this, you know? And <laughs> imagine the backlash if he if he showed up after like if they didn't announce he was there but he did but he showed up. I think it would be even worse <laughs> than them putting him on the poster. Yeah, he like this is just wild. <laughs> The Randy Orton Soldier Boy beef. <laughs> you see all that shit? Yeah, I woke up. I was like, "What? What is going on?" Yeah, I saw these tweets. Like, I saw people just kept mentioning like Randy Orton, Randy Orton, fuck Soldier Boy, and all this stuff. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And then I check. I'm like, "Oh, wait a second. Yeah, because Soldier Boy out here tweeting, uh, uh, rap is faker than the wrestling, or <laughs> uh, the rap game is faker than wrestling." And out here, you, I saw T Bar said some bullshit. And I just, you know, T Bar's Twitter, you know, it's been, it is what it is. The dude's <laughs> been pretty shitty on Twitter. It was, been, I'm happy that T Bar and Dijakovic are different people in my <laughs> eyes. But um, yeah, Randy Orton goes out here and like he's talking shit about talking shit back to Soldier Boy, saying like, you know, you're calling what I do, and like, you know, put a like living for my family, and like I put my life on the line, and shit like that, fake. And then he calls him a bitch ass, and he didn't fucking finish it. You know, pe- and I saw people on Twitter like finish the line, Randy, because you know when people say bitch ass, you only well at least I can only think of one other word that follows up. I know people usually say probably bitch ass before, but uh, I've only ever heard it now as bitch ass something. So yeah, we got Randy Orton out here feuding with Soldier Boy, almost calling him the N word. It looked like <laughs> honestly, I think. So I mean, Randy Orton might have the N word passed. He's chill with soldier with uh, with Snoop Dogg. Apparently, he admitted earlier a couple weeks ago that he smoked with him before his WrestleMania match. <laughs> so you know, Randy Orton's chill. I like Randy Orton, uh, and fuck Soldier Boy, especially when he tried to you know he made kiss me through the phone and crank that, and then this motherfucker out here trying to sell his own fake ass gaming consoles, a Soldier Boy <laughs> station or whatever the hell it used to be. But, uh, Soldier Boy, cut it out. Stop trying to be, you know, important again. I feel like he's trying to come around every other couple of years now, you know. There was when he was a meme, when he was on The Breakfast Club, and now here he is again trying to become something, yet he just got bodied by Randy Orton. Oh, Soldier Boy. I did a project on Soldier Boy in school. It was for a paper. Uh, Why the fuck did you do a project <laughs> on Soldier Boy? It was, uh, what class was this? It was, uh, a communication. Was it a communication? It was something like that, but it was basically writing, like, uh, a fake art, like a it was a shoot. What do you call that thing? When you when you, oh shoot, I don't know the name of it. But it was an article. Has ever ever something about him? But yeah, this is this. I woke up to this. It was, it was hilarious. It was uh, Randy and Soldier Boy always trying to get. What, what made it even funnier was that Bow Wow tried to get involved in it again. So you know that he's training for wrestling. He he tried to get involved in this, and I was just like, dude, you just need to step away for for a hot second, real quick, because what Bow Wow say. He just said something like, "Oh, they 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 after or something like that, you know." But we but we coming for them. <laughs> he's 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 really set on trying to become a wrestler, which is awesome. He's training with Rikishi, so <laughs> all I know is if he's like, you know, if he's saying some shit, Rikishi's probably gonna let him know, "Hey, calm your ass down, little kid," <laughs> and then he's gonna fucking sit on the dude <laughs> for real. But man, I feel like Randy always always. He probably honestly, this dude probably like drunk or something. This day, they is probably late at night. He's got his, it's just, it's oh yeah, his Twitter <laughs> late at night has been wild sometimes. Like literally, like a couple weeks ago is when he admitted about smoking <laughs> with uh with soldier. I mean with soldier with Snoop Dogg. 
I mean, his Twitter can go off. There was that time that he fucking went off on Tomasa Champa. Did you, did you see what that was? Yeah, I remember that. He's one. like, "How does it feel to be the <laughs> locker room leader of a wrestling school?" <laughs> you and those fake slaps on the leg. I was like, "Oh, geez, he fucking roasted him." I love Randy. He has. I know he's he's going to be on Broken Skull session this month. I can't wait for that. I am excited <laughs> for that. I I really want to hear that. Randy Orton has come a long fucking way. This dude got. Yeah, I, I'm pretty. I forgot what was the exact term, but I'm pretty sure he was dishonorably discharged discharged oh, yeah. from the army, and that was pretty fucking bad. And um, you know, he came into wrestling. He was a little shithead, and he has changed a lot. You know, I'm happy to say that we've seen Randy Orton. It's dope. Like Randy Orton's a dope ass wrestler, and you could tell there's like more to him. He seems like he's a really good family man and whatnot. And you know, Randy Orton's Randy Orton. Crazy one of the the best cutter in the fucking business. Anyone that says Diamond Dallas Page, I like Diamond Dallas Page, but he don't got nothing on Randy Orton. <laughs> and nobody got anything on Randy Orton's Twitter game besides Mustafa Ali. Mustafa Ali's Twitter game is savage. It is it is toxic. Have you seen some <laughs> of the stuff he's done? People will be like, oh, yeah, this, this, and that. And then he's like, oh, is this you? And then he'll yeah. like retweet them like saying either something racist or being like some horny fucking weirdo on Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, I've been, been peeping that. Some cool news that uh, it's going to be, you know, exciting, but that just means there's still, like, there's still, it doesn't mean anything has changed for the number of how much wrestling is going on in a given week. But NXT is apparently set to move to Tuesday nights, starting on April 13th, you know, following after WrestleMania, which means we'll finally get an end of the quote-unquote Wednesday Night Wars with AEW having a dominant victory on the Wednesday Night Wars. But uh, a, uh, NXT going to Tuesday nights. Thank God. Hey, like It makes this whole fake rivalry that's been going on a little bit easier to deal with. Then, then and also, like hopefully this would mean great numbers for both shows, you know? And now NXT will be going up against Impact, and the only way I could see Impact doing any better is if this relationship <laughs> with... Uh, New Japan slash AEW picks up. But until then, you know, at least like Tuesday nights, there will be some decent wrestling out there. Maybe this will mean like I'll watch it. Who knows? I might watch at least the first episode because it'll be like two nights removed for Mania. But uh, it's interesting to see that we're actually finally getting this change because I feel like everyone's been waiting for him to finally fucking do this because it's it's not like Monday Night Wars. Nothing will match that. And they just got it. They had to understand that, especially when like you're fighting over an audience that I don't feel is truly growing that much. But apparently in other news, apparently YouTube uh, wrestling has been more popular on YouTube from like the ages of 13 to 24. Like the WWE's YouTube page has been picking up some steam. So maybe there is some like hidden viewers that they could eventually grab, but um, maybe with the switch of Tuesday nights, this will be it, but somewhat better for NXT. Yeah, thank goodness that 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 I don't know. I don't, I'm not gonna call it a war. It, it was the first thing from a war. It, it was it was like a little like it was one sided. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what that was. It, it was not to me. It honestly like it made me not enjoy Wednesday wrestling for a while because there was there was like I would say those weeks where I was just, where I was just like I don't want to watch NXT. I don't want to watch AEW. I don't really care. But now I feel like I feel like I could finally enjoy AEW for what it is. I could enjoy NXT 
whenever it's good. Um, so this is nice. I don't know what WWE was thinking about in the first place of trying to go head to head with AEW because I don't see those like those to me. There's no purpose to compete with a brand new company. <laughs> it's like, well, what threat are they gonna make to your empire that you built? There's no threat that could happen. They were just being petty. It was stupid. And and thank you. I thought I can't believe I'm saying this, but thank you to NHL and hockey for helping bump NXT from this spot because it's gonna do wrestling a whole lot good. And I'm, yeah, I'm just excited for it. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like when you build NXT as your developmental in a way, and you have them going against like people like. John Moxley, Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho. You got to be realistic. You know, there's tons of fans out there from Adam Cole, you know. Um, like... <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Jesus, are your windows open? Not the clothes, but sound, sound just gets right in. That was wild. <laughs> I'm keeping that in. People are going to have to deal with that. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, uh, you know, they got Finn Balor and stuff like that. But just there's not enough talent if you want to compare or at least like star power to compete to what AEW had. And then especially when it's just a new company, people are going to want want to watch. You know, it's not like if it was, you know, like what's about to happen now, Impact versus NXT. Like, I feel like Impact is probably going to suffer because there's probably people who are like the die wrestling fans that are probably going to watch more NXT now because it'll be on a Tuesday night rather than tune into Impact. So Impact needs to pick up their game. Maybe this will actually be good for Impact and we'll have a quote unquote Tuesday night wars coming from <laughs> the USA Network and Twitch TV. Like, hey, look, if, if Impact picks up picks up some steam, good for them. Um, like. I don't know. I think see, the, 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 good, the good thing for Impact is that they survive everything. So I expect them to walk out of this pretty fine. Hey, at one point, they were a part of the quote unquote Monday Night Wars 2.0 when Impact went to Monday Night. So, you know, I think, you know, TNA will be fine. But I just, I would like to see, you know, maybe this would cause them to, you know, pick some steam up and maybe actually get some AEW stars on there. There was that whole rumor that was going around that when Sammy Guevara left Impact, I mean, AEW. He was going to go to Impact, and then all that shit went down. There was rumors that he was going to join the Decay, which sounded stupid as fuck. <laughs> and there was rumors, uh, well, he was interested, apparently, in winning the X Division title, go and never defending it, and then going to, like, AEW, and then eventually they would just have to drop it. But uh, let's see what happens here. I'm really grateful not to have NXT on Wednesday nights anymore. I. I tried my best to at least keep up with it, but maybe now I might actually be better at it because Tuesday night will at least have some some interesting ramifications throughout like professional wrestling and the WWE side of things. You know, someone from NXT that got called up, you could call it, yeah, it's an official call up lately. Uh, Bianca Belair challenges Sasha Banks at WrestleMania. Obviously, Bianca Belair won the Women's Rumble. And now she's going to be challenging Bianca, I mean, Sasha Banks. So it's really cool to see that. Hopefully WWE doesn't fuck it up and be like, all right, triple threat match. Let's add someone <laughs> else in here because that's exactly what they did with uh, Charlotte and, I mean, Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey. So I'm pretty excited. 
I'm going to think this as long as they give us this match and nothing else like they don't fuck it up. They don't change anything. No last minute additions. I'm pretty excited to see where this match can be, what this match can be at WrestleMania. I can't wait. I can't wait for them to add uh to add Carmella to the match for no complete reason. They still got this motherfucker Reginald involved, and I really don't know why. I, I, I don't know what's going on there. I just hope, like, I don't know. Just don't involve him. In, don't involve Carmella in this match at all. She just not that she'll ruin it, but it's uh, you know I don't see it purpose. Even Bailey, like, she she'll probably make the match better. But I just want a nice one-on-one match for once, you know? That's all, that's all I ask for. Yeah. No, totally. Bailey would be a great addition, but I don't want it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, would I be upset if they did it? Yeah. But would I be truly, truly upset? Not too much because Bailey is Bailey. But at the same time, a great singles match is what I'm looking forward to. And that's what I expect to get out of the two of them. I could see them going fucking crazy. I could. This would be awesome just to see them even like main event or something like that. You know, there's two nights of WrestleMania. That means there's two main event spots. This could be really fucking cool just to see this match go on. And I really hope they don't, you know, fuck it up and just add something else to it. Or, you know, hopefully no last minute substitutions happen here. And this is going to be great. And honestly, you know, I'm happy either which way, whoever wins this match. I don't care if Bianca wins. I don't care if Sasha wins. I'm happy with either or. Sasha Banks, you know, it's been great to finally see her actually have a title reign with a woman's championship. And Bianca Belair, she has plenty of time. You know, she's young, she's new, she's fresh. She she is going to have a WrestleMania moment, obviously, but if she doesn't win it this time around, there's going to be plenty in the future. Yeah, I, I, I don't really care when it's either. I, I slightly prefer Bianca, just for like story-wise, but... Sasha deserves this just as much as her. She she never gets uh she always gets the short end of the stick. So I'm happy. I'll be happy if she wins too. And I would love to see this match main event like night one of Mania because why not? Like, I don't. There's no. I don't see a reason why it can't main event. Sasha is arguably the second biggest star on SmackDown outside of Roman. So put throw her in the main event. <laughs> you know, if you want views, that's how you get your views. So I think people. I think people like it. So why not? Uh, on the other side of the women's division in Raw, we have Asuka, who's actually injured based off of the match she had against uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler the following uh, the previous week. I did not know Shayna Baszler kicked her right in the mouth and a tooth came out. That was wild. I saw the replay that they showed on last night because Charlotte Flair came out and explained, like, look. I came back and I just wanted to be her partner. I didn't want to, you know, have to go after the title. I didn't want this. But now, like, now she needs an opponent. And look what happened to her. This is why she's not here. And, like, seeing that two fly out, I'm like, Jesus Christ. That was not what I expected. But now, apparently, you know, Charlotte's saying she wants to go against Asuka for the woman's title at WrestleMania. That's not really what I want. <laughs> Because I know Rhea Ripley's coming to Raw soon, so, like, Charlotte Flair, you could, like, hold it down somewhere else. Even though now I'm assuming they're probably going to do a triple threat match there. If you're going to... They probably will. Yeah, they probably will. Like, unless Charlotte... No, no, that whole Lacey Evans thing is now, like, done. So I really don't know what else you could do with Charlotte if it's not going against for the woman's title. Unless she finds a new partner to go against uh, 
you know, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. This this is one. This is definitely a match. I wouldn't mind a triple threat for this. Like Rhea, Charlotte, Oscar. Maybe a fair four way if you want to throw in Shayna. Maybe hey, bring it challenge, bring it the scramble match and throw in Nia Jax if you want to. I don't care. Oh, they would throw in Nia Jax. <laughs> uh, she has to do something. Too. I don't see them. I, I don't see them being tagging champions after Wednesday <laughs> uh, at the very least. So. Um, they're gonna need something to do too, but yeah, I kind of hope. Man, I don't, I, I don't care for Shrey versus Oscar. Like, I, if it happens, it happens. Um, I think Rhea Ripley deserves to be involved in some shape or form, even if it's just Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte as a rematch, and then Oscar defends against like Shane Baszler because the story is there now that she kicked the teeth out, so you, you, you can just roll with it, you know? Yeah. That fucking sucks to get your tooth fucking kicked out. That right. is awful. <laughs> Speaking about awful, and now this is one I just don't know if it's awful or not. I don't know what to expect out of this, but this was just a very random thing. So, on SmackDown, Apollo Crews, he's gone heel, and I can't tell exactly if this is what's happening. I was trying to watch SmackDown as I was commuting back home, but he is embracing his Nigerian heritage I believe he said, you know, it's from his uncle and all this stuff or something like that. And the man out of nowhere starts speaking in an accent. And um, and someone on Twitter said it like, holy shit, they just reversed Kofi Kingston his ass. Like, Kofi had an accent and now he don't. Don't mean to tell me that Apollo Crews came here with no accent and they're about to give Apollo an accent. <laughs> that is going to be very interesting. It was a good heel promo, I'll give it that, you know. And I would like to see them use Apollo Crews more. I've said it, I think, last week or the week before that. I like Apollo Crews. He was one of my favorite guys on the indies when he was going as Uha Nation. He was dope in PWG. Um, but the fact that he has an, an African accent now, or I guess you could call it a Nigerian accent because he's embracing his Nigerian roots. <laughs> It's just random as hell. And I saw this. I'm like, damn, WWE, you're going to do this on Black History Month right now. <laughs> We're going to get this, you know, weird ass gimmick for this black man. And I don't need and I, I hope he had some input or something because I don't understand why this is a thing. But it builds more character, I guess, to this heel persona that he's building. But the fact that they went with... <laughs> this was just was very very odd and just a weird way to you know wrap up Black History Month. But at least they made up with it with Bobby Lashley, you know. <laughs> the, the the accents throw me off because the man the man for sure. Look though, this is the man is, is born in California. He grew up in Atlanta. I don't think he's gonna hide the accent for that long. <laughs> like he's probably he had that he has the accent, but like the odds are he probably doesn't. Uh-huh. He was born in America. There's no hell. <laughs> but I will say, I do have a friend who was born in America, and his his parents are like straight from Poland, and somehow he has an accent. I, I am very very confused by that. But I don't think this man <laughs> ever developed any actual accent. And here they are giving him an accent. You know, I will say there are a lot of like you know Caribbean people that can you know that are born in America that can really pull off a nice like like Caribbean accent really well, even though that's not what they have, but. This was just so out of, like, just random. The, the first thing I thought when I thought when I saw him talking, like Nigerian prince, 
scam emails. So I'm like, that's the first thing that came to my mind for some reason. I'm just, this is this just, I don't know what they're doing. This is a, this is a weird story. I, I, his look, okay, his look, he looks good. The tights are nice. The scarf is a cool touch. Outside that, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> the gimmick itself, I'm just so confused. Yeah, uh, I'm very thrown off. He ended up beating uh, Shinsuke Nakamura on SmackDown. Um, you know, it's it's interesting what's going on on SmackDown because Shinsuke Nakamura is kind of getting his career revitalized again, which is fucking amazing, and that's what I want. I want an actual Shinsuke Nakamura WWE title run or Universal title, whichever one, because the dude deserves it. And honestly, if they build it correctly. Roman Reigns can easily lose to Shinsuke Nakamura. That is, because think about it, Shinsuke Nakamura was one of the best things to come out of New Japan and go into the WWE. The way they built him on NXT was perfect. You know, he's going up against people like Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, and stuff like that. I can believe Shinsuke Nakamura can beat Roman Reigns for the Universal title, especially with when you got... Strong style Shinsuke throwing the Kinshasas and all that shit. That's a big possibility. So on SmackDown, not only do we have Apollo Crews getting some limelight Shinsuke, but then we got Daniel Bryan. I mean, not Daniel Bryan, Cesaro. You know, he did the whole fucking swing to Seth Rollins, which looks like maybe this will be his feud going into WrestleMania, or at the very least, Fastlane. It's, it's wild to see these three underrepresented stars who've been for the company, you know, you know, for couple years now well Cesaro way more than that but just these guys have been here for a long enough time they're actually getting some like opportunity which is pretty dope and which makes it a lot easier to want to watch Smackdown compared to something like Raw yes man I was like in the process of like creating like a mini not mini but like a new age like Smackdown 6 or 7 but yet like you have Roman you got down Brian, you got people. They've been up stars like Shinsuke again, Cesaro, Big E's doing good, Apollo. I think is getting his head somewhere. You got a great, a good tag team division. You got a good women's division. SmackDown got, honestly got a lot of good stuff. Kevin Owens, Jay, like they know how to make stars and build star, like build build up stars again to the point where they're believable. They could change Roman. Like they have such a deep mid card that they could pull anyone from there. Honestly. And throw me the main event for a quick rivalry. I like Cesaro is believable to me. Seth, Seth is always Seth is Seth. Down Brian, you know, they got Edge now. Like it's SmackDown, just honestly, that show is so deep. And is I I praise these. It's the best team, the best show in wrestling right now. The best complete show. In terms yeah, of, yeah. No, hundred percent. Like if I think about it, when it comes to anything that WWE produces. I get disappointed if I miss the opportunity to watch SmackDown. Sometimes, like, it's not on, like, like sometimes I will, like, do other things because that's the unfortunate thing about SmackDown. It's on a Friday, and sometimes I want to be, like, you know, social people or do some stuff on a Friday night. But you know what? It would be great, you know? Give us Monday night SmackDown and Friday night <laughs> Raw because I don't give a shit about Raw too much. I keep it on because, you know what? It's Monday. Let's see what's going on there. It's supposed to be the A show, but... It's so fucking, it's so fucking not. It's unbelievable. SmackDown is really holding it together for the WWE brand with what they pull out, and I'm I'm very excited. You know, SmackDown was definitely my first 
introduction to wrestling. I did. I explained this in my uh, one shot that I did about how I fell in love with wrestling. And, you know, SmackDown was that, that, that channel you got when you didn't have, like, cable. You know, it was on uh, My9 Network, uh, the My Network, or it was on UPN. It was on the CW. It's had some cool opportunities. You know, then it got switched to sci-fi. It was still not too bad. And then there was when SmackDown became basically raw recaps that was really bad i hated that smackdown but then when smackdown live became a thing that was some really good stuff and now we got the smackdown uh you know the smackdown we're getting now pretty good pretty fucking good really great to see the smackdown actually getting the props it fucking deserves a show that the rock fucking built you know <laughs> is you know i'm it's smackdown just way better like this is this, this times is just like you don't, you just don't want to watch Raw. And it's crazy to think that I know that Smack is on like a local channel, but they beat Raw and Raiders every single week. <laughs> like that alone just shows that SmackDown is obviously what people want to see compared to compared to, even if Raw was two hours long, I still think it'll be bad. <laughs> I just think there's like no direction over there. Yeah. It's the same people running the same show, which makes no sense. But yeah. It's it really doesn't. It really doesn't. Interesting. We, you brought up Big E, and I saw this thing. So I have yet to watch the Big E, uh, the Big E WWE twenty four um, thing that went on. I, I plan. There's a bunch of them that I need to watch that I haven't yet. But one thing that I saw that got mentioned. So apparently, Big E could have possibly been in the Shield. So apparently, the talks were to move up Big E with Seth, with Dean, with Roman, and there would have been an entire package, which would have been fucking dope. But then we wouldn't have gotten all the stuff we got. And honestly, Big E's really had a really good career. So can't really complain too much on there. But instead, they decided to hold him back. And that's when they tell him, hey, we're going to have you debut. You're going to be with AJ. You're going to be with Dolph. And you're going to beat the shit out of John Cena. And he was like, whoa, this is it. So, like, imagine what we could have had. We almost had Big E with the shield. And I wonder what direction would have happened with all of them. Because clearly, like, Roman was the big guy for them. But when you got Big E, you know, that Roman was not a big guy at all compared to Big E. Like, I remember seeing Big E for the first time. I was like, Jesus Christ, (laughs) this dude is massive. And the fact that he wears a singlet and it just looks so puny on him, like, this dude's a fucking tank. So it would have been really fucking dope to have seen what could have happened there. I mean, I will say, like, him coming and fucking up John Cena, like, they did really well for, like, what he was and I don't really there's a real blank period besides the fact that he won the Intercontinental title there's that blank period until like he does join the New Day but I really wonder what could have happened to Big E's career if he would have been with the Shield yeah I, I wonder too like because if you look, you look at the Shield everyone the Shield became world champions within like a year or two since they broke up there was one night where they all three of them were the champs that's that the thing that money about that, that's, that's, that's just crazy thing about it. and it, it just makes you wonder like if that same thing would have happened like if that happened and Biggie was in the group Biggie would have been more champion by now if that if it took the same path which is just crazy to think about but even so we would have never got stuff like the New Day which I think honestly not that World Championships are important but he's part of a, a mega team that people love to this day and never got really sick of so it's is crazy world there, but I think I think his career it took a longer path, but 
I'm liking where it's shaping up to be. Hopefully, he gets the World Tower run um sometime next year. But I think it's, I think it'll be interesting to see if it's for definitely. But I think his career end up taking a pretty pretty decent path. Oh yeah, it. Uh, I mean, look at it. He is he is part of the New Day, one of the best factions ever. If you want to call them a faction or a tag team, their faction uh, or stable. I, I always forget what each one is defined as. Either which way. They are one of the best ones. I mean, think of how much they owned the tag team division for fucking years. When there was the Unified Tag Team Championships, when it was the Raw, when it was the SmackDown. Biggie's had a great fucking career, and it's also just great now to see him getting the singles run. And, you know, hopefully it leads to a world title, because the dude fucking deserves it, because he could put on some great fucking matches. Talking about, uh, you know, Big E and tag teams, a former tag team kind of got some you know, spotlight again, uh, specifically Big Cass. Big Cass and Enzo. So uh, Enzo was in this match in this, uh, apparently this was like an Impact Plus show, or at least like, I don't think it was like directly Impact, but Impact was working with this promotion and they did this show, like they even had like the Impact Plus banner, because I know Impact Plus, I haven't. I, I ended up ending my subscription a couple months ago. I might bring it back at some point whenever I find the time to want to watch old TNA again. But, uh, yeah, they, they run some random shows, I guess, here and there. And Enzo was on the card, and he was getting his ass beat. And then, actually, Big Cass pulls up with uh, Hernandez, which was pretty cool. And um, the best part about this was, you know, not for the fact, you know, Enzo. Enzo's gotten himself into trouble. You know, a lot of people <laughs> don't like Enzo. If you've ever seen the Simon Gotch interview about Enzo, he, he fucking hates him. Uh, but it's great to see that Big Cass was able to come out because the last time we saw Big Cass, he ended up having a seizure in the ring. So the fact to see him come back and he looked fucking good. You know, he was like in shape. He was shredded. And, you know, he came out, and, and, and it's cool to see this. I, I will always say, because, like, Enzo has a special place in my heart. The whole, uh, and unfortunately, like, Big Cass, after that whole team dismantled, like, Big Cass wasn't important at all. But Enzo, I always think about it, because Enzo made me watch 205 Live. Not gonna lie. Like, when Raw had the cruiserweight division, and Enzo randomly became the champ, and everyone fucking hated it, like, in the business... Enzo's mic skills alone carry that fucking 205 live, and it was great to see. And unfortunately, you know, with what happened with him of being wrongly accused, and he actually proved it and all that stuff, like, you know, it was unfortunate that WWE never kept them back, especially, like, when this guy literally proved he didn't do it, and it got settled in court and all that fucking shit. Yet we got Matt Riddle, we got Velveteen, all these fucking accused people out here still with a contract with the WWE and yet someone like, for example, Enzo had to fucking suffer. And I saw his last fucking match. Finn and I saw his last match <laughs> in the WWE in Poughkeepsie, New York at 205 Live. And, you know, his in-ring was eh. But his mic skills alone can carry 205 Live, which was crazy. And uh, it was just cool to see that big cast and Enzo are there. And I hope they end up somewhere. Like, I really would like them to be, like, if they ended up on Impact, I might listen to Impact a little bit more. <laughs> like, you know, they got there's potential out there. And it would be cool to see where they end up, specifically because Enzo got screwed and Big Cass, you know, had that awful seizure. And now look at him. So Yeah, I know Big Cass. He seemed he seemed like a a troubled seemed like he had like a food trouble years. 
just like in the, in the in the getting fired and stuff like that, and then the seizure. So I'm happy he's back. I uh, hope hope his life is taking a better path. Hope he's uh not someone who's difficult to work with anymore. You know, hope he's fixed whatever issues he had for himself. And so I don't really, I don't know, I don't care why. I was, I was never a fan. Uh, but you know, if they want to go impact, sure. If they, that's probably the only place I can see him going because of the ROH. If they, if they want him, maybe New Japan. New Japan seems to take any anyone because there's a certain someone who New Japan might be working with that I will not say his name. But well, I'm not gonna say New Japan takes a certain someone because I know you're talking about Marty Scroll. Yeah, but they take actual good wrestlers. Think <laughs> any of the Americans that they've brought over have wrestled really fucking well, and that's the other. It's the thing about Marty Scrawl, like, you know, he's had something, and it was actually, turned out it was true, apparently, and, you know, I will say, besides what he does behind the scenes, he is a really good wrestler, so. That's fair. Big <laughs> and ends up not, not the greatest in the ring. So I don't that's see him going to New Japan <laughs> at all. Like, never. That's, that's a fair but, one. But hey, like okay, you don't care about Enzo, but can you admit he has some good mic skills? Oh yeah, he he's he's a he's he's like the only reason why, like I said, that two or five live or even the Christmas division was was important besides uh, Pat, who honestly kind of disappeared. <laughs> they, they kept him on TV for a while, and he so, was hating yeah. the direction. Like he did not like that he had to lose the title to Enzo. <laughs> <laughs> what, what what a coincidence, you know? But. Yeah, uh, he he has a good mic skill. I, I will never. I one thing I, I won't do is knock someone for the talent. Cause I I can see if someone if someone has talent that I'll acknowledge it. But yeah, I, don't, I don't like the guy. But if he ends up somewhere, good for him. Like I won't I won't, I won't knock him for it. Yeah, I just feel no. I I feel bad for him because I still <laughs> think it's wild. Because literally, look at people accuse like Velveteen Dream and Matt fucking Riddle and even Austin Theory. Mm-hmm. been accused in this in that speaking out movement that went on last year and they're still contracted and on television to this fucking day you know velveteen has been off for a little bit which has been really good but enzo out here proved that it wasn't him and it, there looks like he probably won't be back in WWE ever again yeah, i'm pretty sure true it said that i don't want no part of enzo <laughs> so i think that's weird. you said what triple h was like i don't want any part of enzo more so. <laughs> Yeah. They ain't broken on that tree. <laughs> at least, at least yeah. that. But hopefully, one day someone you know treats Enzo a little bit right. I mean, Enzo has a problem himself. Like there was this whole thing before the pandemic happened. He was like, I believe it was shoot like had real beef with Tama Tamatonga or Tamaloa, which I forever how we pronounce his name. But it also seems like this dude from Bullet Club has problems with everyone. So true. <laughs> That's true. Now we could try and dive into these two new segments that we're going to try and pull off. Uh, I'll go with mine because it's a little bit quicker, and uh, we can form some discussion off of that. So it's this or that. It's very simple. It's very easy. We pick a side, this or that, and I'll bring up some options. I got a couple here. We'll see what we're thinking. I'll maybe upload them on Instagram and Twitter like a graphic for them so maybe people could comment and you know join with us. So, okay, this or that, Quade. WWE drops the PG rating for PG-13 or Raw goes two hours. What do you want more? Uh, honestly, I'm, I'm going to go to Raw go two, two hours. Honestly, I really don't think PG is a problem. I think PG was a problem like between 2008 or like whenever it started to like 
2011. But now I think it's not too much of an issue. Like I haven't, like it hasn't bothered me the fact that they're not PG PG TV 14, whatever it is. So, I, I, yeah, I think that's okay. I think Raw really needs to trim down because there's so much garbage. Like if you take it away, the show might be somewhat good. I, I don't know, <laughs> but I think it will definitely help to it make it more watchable at the very least compared to like PG. I could live with it, you know? Now, that's fair. I was actually going to agree with you on that one. Raw going two hours would save me not only an extra hour of my fucking life <laughs> every fucking Monday, but also I don't think they need it anymore. You know, ratings of like a rating for the show only goes so far because you could do things without it. I mean, think about it. I, I kind of explained this on the pop culture episode with Finn because with the MCU, it seems like the only rated R project that's going to be coming out in the foreseeable future is Deadpool 3. But rated R can mean a whole doesn't mean that whole lot of a lot of a thing really. You know, it doesn't mean much because for example, Justice League the Snyder Cut is coming out in a couple of weeks from now and it's getting rated R. And one of the things that just makes a movie rated R is if you use the word fuck. <laughs> if you get the pass to use the word fuck. By default, it then becomes a rated R movie. So, you know, does WWE need to do, like, you know, attitude error stuff? It would be cool, but probably not. They don't need to do that type of things to give us a good product. You know, look at what SmackDown is doing. It is working under the PG format. Do what they're doing there. And also, look at SmackDown. They're two hours long. And, like, look at NXT. When it was an hour, you know, it unfortunately, it felt like, God, I want more. You know what? NXT two hours? That's not bad either. Do I give enough time to it? No, because they were fucking going against AEW. But now, I think I'll give more time to it. Uh, Raw, it's like, God, it's like three hours really sucked the life out of me. Like... Like, I saw someone made this fucking post. I thought it was funny. I think it was Ryan Satin, probably. Or, uh, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Anywho. So, it's like, um, I don't think it was him. It was somebody. But it was that uh, clip of The Miz running yesterday when he ran with his <laughs> WWE title. Oh it's like, someone was like, oh, like, uh, the fans running away from the 10 p.m. time slot of Raw. <laughs> like, dude, it just gets fucking exhausting. Like, oh. But, they, yeah need to do something like they just they just need to do it even stone cold and i believe the big show because they were on uh when the big show was on the podcast not too long ago i think he explained it too like three hours is kind of too much even for a pair of view three hours is kind of like stretching it these days because like day pair views were like maybe about two hours and a half Maybe three. That's what Elimination Chamber was. Two hours and a half was fucking beautiful. I was so... By 8.30, the show was almost done. I was like, wow, that is game changer. Like, when, you, when your pay-per-view is shorter than your actual <laughs> TV show, I think you need to re- reevaluate something. Something's not working out here. I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. I think it, I'm, pretty sure I'm pretty sure there's a way they could get that money back of the advertisement that they're making the third hour is somewhere else. Maybe th- turn the third hour into like a talk show. I don't know. There's options out there. Figure it out. Move away from the three three hours of straight wrestling. Yeah, you can fucking throw Raw Talk on there. I kind of like Raw Talk. Not going to lie. It kind of helps build in a little bit more feuds, and they kind of like are a little bit more interesting on Raw Talk. Sometimes I, do, I tune into it. Fucking put Raw Talk, honestly. But yeah, three hours of... of- 
consistent wrestling and also just random matches that don't really mean much sometimes or it's just a waste. Yeah. All right, next one. This or that? The Rock versus John Cena part three or Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega part three. And this is like, you know, if we're, we're going with the Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega, like it still has that same feel that it did when they went against each other at Wrestle Kingdom, the same vibes that they had against each other when they went against for the first time at um, AEW uh, at that pay-per-view. I forget the name of it now. Uh, so, yeah, that's I think it was double or nothing, possibly. So, yeah, that type of fucking vibes like you would get out of that. Honestly, I'm going to go with Rock and Cena 3 because that one, like, that's just a buffer match that I feel like kind of needs to be settled because it left on a weird note where, all right, Rock won the first match, cool. Cena won the second match. You kind of figure he's going to win because he needs to get his win back. But, like, the, we don't really have an answer to who's the best. <laughs> it's, it's tied, right? It's like we when Rock beat Hogan, he beat him twice, I think. So that's definite, you know? We had that. But but this one is just, like, it's that, it's that feeling of we need – even though I hate the fact that they redid the match, I think there's like that that feeling that I right, I think we need one more, like just to get that in. I think honestly, Cena should win the match, but I think they could, there's a story there. Maybe have it. For, I don't know. They could be for Cena's 17th title win. I, I don't care where it's where it's for. It's for. I just to me, there's just a better. Story. I think maybe I think this one because I don't really have a connection to Kenny Omega and and Jericho as much as I do it with with these two guys. Yeah. No, that's pretty fair. I would um I would also go with John Cena versus The Rock because yeah they do need a rubber match. They went against each other, one a piece right now. I would like to see who is like considered from from the WWE the best. You know, because clearly yeah, The Rock beat Hulk Hogan twice. John Cena and The Rock, you know, they went from once in a lifetime to then twice in a lifetime. <laughs> Why not make it a third? And you now, as like said before, how cool would it be if it was somehow for John Cena's 17th world title win? Like, I would then be voting, like, wanting John Cena to fucking win because, like, it's hard to deny that he's not the GOAT. Like, there's in wrestling, you know? And Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega would be really fun, though. I would say it would be a cooler wrestling match, like, actual wrestling match, but it's just. There's a lot that's in play when you're doing John Cena versus The Rock. Well, I say it'll be one of the best wrestling matches ever. Not wrestling standpoint, but what they could do with an audience, it'll be amazing. Because the audience was eating that matchup for the two years that they did it. They were eating that matchup because of just like they knew how to work the crowd. And uh, you don't, if you know how to work the crowd... You could still make a pretty good fucking match without it being like real technical and really hard hitting like a Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega match probably would be if they did it again. And honestly, I probably see that match is happening in the next two two years at the very least. I feel that one's probably going to happen again. Yeah, I th- yeah, it most likely is. <laughs> okay, so would you rather see the brand split that we have now? Or would you like it to go back to the Super Show type of era <laughs> where it was like the same people were on Raw were also on SmackDown and it was an ongoing fucking circle of what it was? You, you, you answered the question for me right there. We answered the same, like, the same Super Show as the same show. Like, 
when they had the stupid super show thing, you 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 basically you basically see people like you know Randy Orton on Raw on SmackDown. You see the same people twice twice a week. You won't like there's no opportunity to see new faces, and it was just like too much or something. <laughs> That's like it, Raw is three hours, right? And you see all those people, and then you see. Those same as that people on SmackDown sometimes. It's just like that's that's a little bit tiring. Uh at least for me. I, I love the brand split. The brand split just gives so much opportunities to people they that don't normally get it. Like, especially right now, like people like Cesaro, Big E, like we wouldn't see them having these single runs if it was a super show. Um and then beyond that, like I think the only thing that I will probably edit maybe a little bit is like certain tiles can be combined. Like I feel the tag tiles don't need to be separate because the tag team division is just not strong enough to have two separate brands for that same thing for uh i think it's only entirely that actually combined to be honest um and yeah but yeah i think i think definitely the brand split like by far yeah that would be um that would be where i would lean to too because especially if you if no one could tell the way i was saying it it's just you know the raw you know they did the raw super show at first that was like a thing and you had some smackdown people showing up a bunch and then officially it was like okay raw and smackdown were the same fucking entity and i feel like that was probably some of the worst times <laughs> to like be a weekly viewer because it, it was really a drag like it it they knew how to produce the, and continue the storylines but it was just too much. Like I wanted a break from a lot of it. And uh, you know what? It, uh, the brand split was fucking beautiful that they brought it back again. Because for example, think about it. The first time they did the brand split. Well, the second time they did the brand split that, you know, SmackDown became SmackDown live and raw was raw. The first SmackDown live tag team champions were Heath Slater and Rhino. Like yeah. giving an opportunity to someone like Heath Slater who would have never had that type of chance if he was stuck continuing with the Raw Super Show. And what he did was, when the Raw Super Show was a thing, he was a jobber on 3MB. So, like, this gave him some opportunity. And that's what the fucking Raw brand split does. I saw rumors that, some, that like, sometimes WWE might go back to the way it was, and I really hope not, like, I do kind of like sometimes when like someone that's always on SmackDown comes on Raw once or twice a week, you know? That's like kind of cool. But don't don't bring it back. That that was really rough to watch for a while. <laughs> like at first it was kind of cool, but then it it dr- dr- just dramatically became worse and worse as as the weeks went on. Yeah, during during the era like I stopped watching SmackDown. I'm pretty sure I didn't watch SmackDown like for most of a high school. I only watched Raw, um, even and then beginning of college, I didn't watch wrestling. Uh, like freshman year of college, I didn't watch wrestling because I just didn't. I didn't have one. I didn't have time to, and two, it was just like it was just, it was just like it wasn't interesting with the with the way that things were running. And I think honestly, it probably was one of the worst worst periods of wrestling, like in general. I only watched peer reviews at that point. So, but oh yeah, the the, the brand split saved it saved them big time. Like, oh yeah. I 100% agree. Like, I definitely don't recall watching a lot of fucking SmackDown. If I did, that was because, like, I had nothing else better going on. So I'm like, let me tune in. I'm like, oh, okay. This is basically what was happening on Raw. <laughs> right. All right. Here's another one. This or that. I think I got one more after that, and then we'll uh, we'll go on to see uh, this topic on TNA versus AEW. But CM Punk in the WWE 
or CM Punk in AEW? Which one are you leaning towards? This is hard. This this one's a hard one because there's there's pros and cons to both, and I don't think this might be more pros to him in AEW, but I think I'm gonna go with oh, man. I think I'm gonna go with WWE. Only the only reason I say this is because. Their story is just more enticing to see him come back to a company that did him so wrong, and to see them freak like when Bret Hart came in WWE. I mean, I was I didn't I wasn't alive during the time when Bret left and stuff like that. But seeing him come back and see them fix that relationship was just like crazy to see. Same thing with Bruno Sammartino, but same thing with Ultimate You were Warrior. alive. Bret left, didn't he leave in like '97? Well, if he did, I, like, I wasn't. You're, uh, yeah. you're '97, so. I think I was born the month after. Okay, it was a Survivor Series, so yeah. But um, yeah, like the CSC, all those old superstars coming back after repairing strained relationships with like Vince and the A. It just is just a little bit more uh, interesting to me. But like the people that he wrestled during his time, which is crazy to think about, aren't really around. Like Cena's not wrestling often. Um, I mentioned him and Jeff is something I wanted for years, but Jeff is not the same guy he was in 2009. So I don't know how how good that match would even be. Um, but there's also interesting matches like maybe him versus Seth Rollins, him versus Roman Reigns. Like there's there's, there's all other stories there that I think would be interesting. But hey, give me give me CM Punk versus Triple H. Like hell no. I think I think that just him going back to that place is just a little bit more interesting, even though the matchups aren't as good there oh yeah i will say cm punk and AEW is my pick and i know that's like the easiest answer everyone probably would say that but for me just the actual shock of it all would be the thing that was really sell like sell it for me because like i would be shocked for sure if i saw cm punk ended up going back to the wwe but if cm punk were to go to AEW and actually fucking wrestle there the WWE would fucking lose their fucking <laughs> and like this would be something that you know Vince McMahon would have to fucking pay attention to and like wake the fuck up and be like whoa like they just got him and I think that could be like the piece that AEW kind of needs to then really like beat Raw beat SmackDown on the fucking weekly viewers because if you push out a CM Punk on there you're going to get a lot of people from who are diehard WWE people to switch the channel and be like, whoa, let me see what this guy's doing over here. Well, you get a lot of people that are shit-talking it? Yeah, because everyone fucking shit-talks, and there's too many people that are diehard WWE people that don't want to give anything else a chance, <laughs> which are fucking awful. And, you know, mind you, there's you know people like me. I'll watch it all, and I'll bash whatever the fuck I want, because I'll watch it, but then I'll enjoy a lot of it. I still enjoy a lot what WWE does, and whatnot but god they're just the the craziness that could possibly happen if cm punk were to actually show up in aew that would definitely set the wrestling world on fire uh so just for that experience alone i'm pushing more towards that okay now this is the last one and then uh we'll go on to next stuff i'm liking this it brings interesting conversation i can't wait to make the graphics to see you know if we can get some involvement on our social medias so i want to know would you rather have finn balor as a world champion on the main roster once again get an actual you know finn balor world title run because he had the universal title and dropped it the next night because of injury 
Or would you like to see Kevin Owens once again get another chance at being world champion? I think this is the hardest one yet. Uh, man, I like both men deserve everything, <laughs> honestly. Especially Kevin Owens after, after this uh, past feud on SmackDown. I think I'm going to go with I'm gonna go with Finn Balor because I just feel bad for the guy. I saw his win, his win for the Universal Championship again. I watched it a few days ago. And I I feel bad for him because his career would have taken a whole completely different path if he never got hurt. And I feel like he would have taken on taken on like an AJ kind of run where he's prominently used, have world championship runs in there, but also like upper mid card, lower mid event. Um, but the injury just like Vince doesn't like injuries and it and it, it really turned made him turn sour on him. And he never got a shot until what Brock Lesnar, and then he, you know he's gonna lose that. So, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Finn because I think the guy really deserves to have an actual run with the title versus Kevin Owens, who did have a run, even though it ended, it ended also ended in a bad fashion. But Finn is just like, I, feel, I don't know, I feel for the guy. And what he's doing actually is good stuff, but it's just not it's not main roster, you know? <laughs> At the end of the day, you, want, you most people probably want that main roster run, and I think he deserves it. Yeah, like he's definitely probably content being an NXT world champ. But, you know, you don't go to WWE to become NXT World Champion. <laughs> you yeah. go to WWE because you want to be that WWE champ. And um, I would also go with Finn Balor. Uh, I would, I was, I really want to say Kevin Owens, but I also think there's a more of a chance that Kevin Owens will become champion again. And there is still less of a chance in my <laughs> mind that Finn Balor will get that spot again. I, I just, it's unfortunate because... When he was with the WWE, when he when he got that main roster push, he was doing really well. He was doing really well, and then the Universal title became a thing, and they gave it to him, and that was just big. But unfortunately, you know, wrestling is the type of world where you get injured, you could get replaced real quickly, and that's what ended up happening. We got Kevin Owens to replace him, and he had a great time. You know, his stuff with Chris Jericho is one of the best things Chris Jericho has done in recent memory. And just one of the best things for Kevin Owens' like career in the WWE. And it's unfortunate that Finn Balor, you know, when he came back, he still had some cool stuff. Like he, you know, was able to have, become the Intercontinental Champion. He had some interesting matches here and there. But unfortunately, like, he never really got the opportunity he deserves. And that's what I'm thinking because Kevin Owens deserves it 110%. And I still think at some point, will become champion once again. But a guy that got injured and never really saw an opportunity like this again is, you know, Finn Balor. It's just unfortunate. And, you know, NXT, that's it's great for him. You know, him going back to NXT has definitely, you know, made him made of more of a reason to see him stay with the WWE. But unfortunately, like, I would like to see him as the world champ. I just want more. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely world champion material. This guy is, he's main roster material all the way. And I just hope one day he gets, I don't know, I don't, I don't honestly don't even see him going back to, <laughs> at this rate to Raw SmackDown before his like, contract expires and this guy just leaves. But I just hope one day he gets that chance. And I feel like, yeah, I just hope so. 100%. All right, so that is that segment. I enjoyed it. I liked it. It was a nice new one to bring on to the table. Now, Quaddy, introduce what you got going on. All right, so here we go. So th- what this is going to be is I'm going to title this Wrestling Era Debate. So for this one, we're going to 
talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and some highlights and some low points of basically doing a comparison between, or like a debate between TNA and between 2000, roughly 2007 to 2010. So like the high, the high point of TNA, the spike error versus um, AEW today. And the reason I picked these two errors is because arguably these are the two biggest non-WE errors that we've seen in wrestling since WCW. So like, and I'll, I'll say in the United States, because you started in Japan. Um, and like TNA at this time was a company that I feel like honestly could have, if they had taken the <laughs> destined on their trajectory, could have honestly rivaled WWE. And then AW is on that way right now. So this is going to be a quick, a uh, little, a little fun debate. Just talking about certain aspects uh, of the company. So there's like some points I want to hit on. So like one is going to be talking about the women divisions, comparing the women divisions. Uh, another is going to be comparing their actual wrestlers, so the superstars that they have at the time, and like their the use of them, um, and just overall storylines. Yeah, for sure. That's pretty good. I, I would agree. Those were probably one of the best times in wrestling. I would extend, like, there is a lot more of also, like, impact that was really good. Like, a lot of the impact that sticks out in my mind, besides how good that era was, was also, like, when you had Bobby Roode as mm-hmm. champion, when you had Bubba Ray Dudley as champion, you know, the aces and eights. But that's a different era of also, like, impact. You know, this is still, like, this is now like blue impact logo yeah. back and still like TNA. But now the one you're talking about, that is TNA. So yeah, let's, uh, let's hear what some of the points you got to bring up. If, uh, what you got, I see you want to talk about the women's division first. So yeah. you have any notes on this or we just want to spitball. Save you spitball this way. You know, sometimes the best things come from on top of your head. Uh, so this one. So the women division. Honestly, we know AEW women division might not be the, entirely the best right now, but they do, there are some high points, especially in, in recent weeks. Um, but talking about TNA's women division in this time, when they first introduced the knockout championship, honestly, I think to the, I think even like from 2007, honestly, to like now, I could say TNA had, had like the most consistent women's division um, that I have seen in wrestling for like, at least for a while, because you know, they started off with people like Gil Kim, Awesome Kong, who was like two, like Awesome Kong. You never, we never really seen someone like Awesome Kong in in the women division wrestling before. And when she debuted, it was just like, "Who is this? This is crazy." And Gil Kim, someone who was terribly misused in WWE, um, really showed out in TNA and really became a star. And then you also had people like um, Angelina Love, if and then Victoria. Victoria was also uh, was I believe Victoria Jones era. She was a big name in the women's the knockout division at this time, and they just had like a lot of like you could you could call some of them WWE leftovers, but also have their own stars that, that they built, and they just used them right to the point where during this time, like when you see when you think women wrestling, you think of like divas, you think of Roman Payne matches, stuff like that was still kind of lingering in your head, and it wasn't getting used as often. You had the diva search stuff like that, but with seeing like the way. Impact really didn't have teenage didn't really have like a model to base itself off, and they kind of just built this on their own um, with the women division, and it really set like what I think is the example that WWE is using today for for women division compared to AEW, who I feel like they have the recipe there, they have a perfect example of what they could build off of, not even just between WWE and TNA, but 
Japan with Joshi Wrestling, they, they, there are places where they could look at and kind of just like build a win division, but they just struggle in the point where I don't know why they're struggling so hard outside of talent. Because honestly, though, they, they had the talent there, but they're not giving them the time of day on TV. No, that's, I mean, very fair. Because think about it like, women's wrestling in the US was always just like, bra and panty matches and stuff like that. There was somewhat of a real, like, women's division in a way when you had people like Victoria, Lita, and Trish Stratus, and you could throw Mickey James into the mix of Melina. But even in all of that, there's still that Tori Wilson, Stacey Keebler, like, whole type of stuff that WWE was still pushing with the Playboy, with the bra and panty matches, which... You know, those were still great women's wrestlers and great entities to wrestling. But compared to the stuff that TNA was pulling out, like, the thing, you know, not only did they have a woman's title, but they had a tag team woman's title. And they were really putting in stuff like, you know, WWE would never use an awesome Kong until one day they did. And then it was very short-lived. And now they're finally, like, getting quote-unquote, like, bigger women, per se. You know, like, look at Nia Jax. She's actually getting an opportunity where I feel like 10 years ago, they wouldn't even give an idea of thinking about her because she's not the ideal diva, quote-unquote. And also, just think about the, the the conversation of what TNA was doing. They were using their... They call them knockouts. You know, unfortunately, there, there is a two ways to look at the word knockout. Because knockout can mean, like, they're going to knock you out in the ring, but then also they're going to knock you out in their beauty. It has, like, in a way, it's still a lot better than being called a diva. And, you know, AEW has their women's division, and it's unfortunate when they have all this talent that they could pick from, you know, because they're not going to, you know, they're not as, I would say, picky as WWE, because WWE, you need to go through they're developmental, you need to go through this and that. And WWE, they're used to picking literally like models to then make them wrestle. AEW, they have it where they can really just dive into the independent wrestling world and pick out all these really great stars that they have and really use them. Like, And it's unfortunate that a lot of them ended up getting injured. Like you had your Chris Statliner who had some great possibilities and then she got injured and hopefully will be coming back some point. You know, you got people like Britt Baker who is really great. And by now, honestly, I thought, you know, they, they, she was the first woman signed to AEW has yet to been able to touch the woman's title. I thought she was going to go really far in this whole uh, woman's tournament. She got, she got bitched out to Nyla Rose, even though that was a pretty interesting match. Not as good as that match we saw between Rio and Serena Deeb last week. But what's also crazy is Rio is signed to AEW, but Serena Deeb, I think she's getting paid by AEW, but she <laughs> doesn't have probably a contract because she's the NWA Women's Champion. Um, so the fact that AEW has to then you know pick up from other companies like Joshi Promotions, like what they just did now with their Women's Eliminator tournament that we're going to see the finals of uh, this week. Um, but when you have like all this options and to think you don't promote them enough, it's just awful because TNA, they made sure the women were getting used. 
Mind you, sometimes they had, they pulled off like some weird things, like kind of like a WWE side of things. Cause still think about it back then, you know, you have the beautiful people and mind you, they have velvet sky. They have Angelina love and they have someone else. That I always forget her name, but <laughs> sometimes they were used as wrestlers. Sometimes they were just promoted as quote unquote sluts. Like yeah. literally I think of the Christmas episode of TNA and I, I'm, I might have not been in this realm, but it still could have been. Um, and like, you know, like Eric Young was saying, oh, you guys could service the guest. And like, you know, what people were thinking of service, they thought of, they weren't thinking of, you know, making sure they gave him a drink. Um, so when it comes to women's division at that point, you got to give it to TNA. And then what they would continue to, continue to do, like think about it in the last couple of years, like they had a hardcore women's match. I remember there was that one match, and mind you, it's still not in the realm of uh, 2007 to 2010. But I remember Taryn Terrell versus Gail Kim, I think. Or it was Taryn Terrell versus somebody else. And that was a really good fucking match. And, uh, like, just the longevity of TNA's women's division has had and continues on doing is pretty good. And when you look at AEW right now, like AEW, they're just like, they're finally picking it up by having the Eliminators tournament. And hopefully this means we'll get more. Hopefully this means we won't be just seeing the women's champion literally stand in the fucking (laughs) crowd every damn week. But uh, I'm interested to see what happens. And the women's Eliminator tournament, we're going to have Nyla Rose go against, I'm forgetting her damn name because I'm not, uh, too familiar with a lot of these Joshi wrestlers. I don't know how to pronounce it, but I know it's spelled R Y O. I don't know how to pronounce it correctly. I don't want to botch it. I don't want to botch it. I feel bad, but I know it's spelled. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah. When it comes to the women's division, TNA would probably take the W on that one. Yeah, I was, I was, I would say so, and I, I, and I also feel like AW has the path to make to. I think on the path right now to, to correct everything. I think it just comes down to, you know, having good matches, but beyond that, just showcase your showcase your champion at the very least. If you're not gonna if you're not gonna have a champion on TV every week or like do something important, then why have a title? You know? So I, I think that's a a pretty big one. But yeah, I'll definitely get the impact. But moving on to the next one is like let's talk about the male superstars. And I think there's not. I think with this one, there's a lot of comparison. I think this is more of a difficult discussion to have between AEW's men roster and TNA's men roster time because the, both of them have extremely, extremely talented rosters where wrestling was like the highlight of both. So, it, like during the time with like in Impact, you had people like Kurt Angle who came over, and that was like. At that time, that was Kurt Angle coming up to TNA was like Chris Jericho announcing he's going to AEW because like Kurt Angle was a top star in WWE. He was just world champion before he left, and he honestly didn't really expect him to to like go over there at that point in time. And that was alone crazy and shocking. Then you had people like Sting who never went to WWE and just wanted to stay. You know, wasn't trusting them and impact them big things. You had young talent like Samoa Joe. Who and AJ Styles, who in the Indies, you know, blown it up, and now they came here, settled down, and they was doing great things there too. And the roster was just honestly so deep and young at the time, so it's just crazy. But AEW is in a similar spot too, where the roster is extremely deep, 
and the top names I want to say aren't as young as the team they had as the TNA roster was, but they're still the top wrestlers in the world right now. Like Kenny Omega, Cody Rose, Young Bucks, and a Hangman Page. You know, there's so much people there in in, in AW. So I think it's a more of a harder discussion. Yeah, I'm I'm really trying to think like what an argument I would have on which side has the better roster, but there's so much because like if I want to say the best wrestlers on each of those brands, TNA gets AJ Styles, Kenny Omega is for Impact. I mean for AW, like it's just crazy to think of you know how stacked they are and just following it up because after with like with Impact with TNA, you got Samoa Joe, you got Christopher Daniels, you got. Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin. You got James Storm and Bobby Roode. And then look at the way it is. Like, you could kind of compare it easily to the way they have it in AEW. Because, you know, your first one you got is uh, is Kenny Omega. And then I'll, I'll say, like, you could put your second one in there as John Moxley. As, like, your Samoa Joe type character. I guess if you kind of want to find some type of comparison to Christopher Daniels that isn't Christopher Daniels <laughs> now... You could kind of put, like, had, uh, Adam Page in the mix there. Uh, you know, the Young Bucks can be very comparable to Alex Shelley and um, Chris Sabin because also not only were they a big thing in Impact at that time, but, you know, they're they're the top tag teams you would compare them to now. And then, like, you know, I just said, like, Bobby Roode and uh, James Storm, I would compare them to, like, an FTR. Mm-hmm. So... Honestly, yeah, I, I'm 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 gonna go if I'm stuck in the middle on this one. I can't pick which one has a better male division right now. Um, and then you know you, I will say WWE. I mean, WWE, TNA. Yeah, I, there is a reason why I say WWE because they're also <laughs> where at this time where they have Ric Flair. They is Ric Flair in there by now? Yeah, uh, he, he is. He is. You got Hulk Hogan. <laughs> you got Kevin Nash. You got Scott Steiner. You got Scott Hall. Very little, but you still got him there. I would then say if you had to pick, I would then go with AEW because they don't have that many. They don't have the old guys doing shit, I guess. If I had to then, you know, pick something, I would, recom- I would you know, be happy that AEW is not, you know, putting like, you know, a Scott Steiner in your main event spots, or at least, you know, making them a full fledged thing on your television. Cause that that's unfortunate. Cause they, as much as they did build a lot of young talent, think about it. One of the biggest groups that took over during that time was the main event mafia. And that was comprised of all of your WWE and WWE <laughs> guys. Mind you, you had Kurt Angle leading the charge, and it was dope. And even, like, you know, we got people like Booker T getting some opportunity and stuff like that. But uh, those were, like, guys that were owning the company. You know, they were taking charge. Uh, so I guess if I had to then, you know, pick someone, it would have to be AEW on that. But if I forget that these old people still exist, then it's a very split-down-the-middle way of how the, the company is run with their, male, with their main male roster talent. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm. I think I'm also in the middle. I think I'm going to also lean towards AEW a little bit more because for the fact that like you highlighted, as much as the people that TNA really built, they had good talent too. But like, there were just some people in there that probably shouldn't be arrested on TV during this time. Beyond like Ric Flair and 
and Hogan, but like Kevin Nash, um, Mick Foley. At that time and age, they're kind of old. You know, they probably really shouldn't be doing too much in the ring. Especially Kevin Nash is not the best <laughs> when it comes to like in ring comp- competition. Um, and and they had like some some low points. Like people like I don't know, Cody Deaner or like I wasn't a big Eric Young fan to be honest with you during that time. And and I feel like AEW has just a more interesting roster and a more a little bit more depth to it that I think I'm going to give them the, the, the tiny bit edge, but not to take away from TNA. I think they had you know, people like Kurt Angle, Booger T, Christian, but still like really good talent uh, for the time too. But I don't know. So anybody, their roster is just exciting. I think, and I think it's because it's the lack of former WWE stars um, or like the lack of a lot of former WWE stars that's on there, and people who you don't really see normally. But when come during that time, TNA, the people that was profile, that was like high profile, and like on the on the show most of the time, outside of like your normal, like top three with Chris Daniels, Samoa Joe, and AJ Styles. But Kevin Nash, Rhino, like those w, those old WWE guys, like I seen them before. It not it wasn't really refreshing. It was cool, but it wasn't refreshing to see them on TV all the time. So I think, yeah, I'm gonna get that to uh, AW. Yeah, because, like, when I'm trying to think, like, because they do have, like, a lot, there is a lot of, like, WWE talent that has been there, but it's not, like, the only one that really was besides, like, John Moxley, but even then, that's hard to go with because he was used right and then poorly at the same time, but Chris Jericho is the only one where it's, like, an old guy that, like, got a lot out of AEW, but I'm not really counting, like, I'm not going to count Matt Hardy too much because, like, he's not like put and shoved in our face in the main event. You know, he's here in the undercard working with one of the brightest stars that the company has. You got Cody Rhodes who it's, it's, you can't really say it because he was never a main event in WWE. And he also helped create this company. So that's a, <laughs> right. you kind of look at Cody as a Jeff Jarrett uh, to the company. Um, and, you know, they do like, you know, they have a Taz, but Taz is, not wrestling he's like being a mouthpiece he's being a manager he's being on commentary they have sting but sting's being everywhere so you can't really count that and you know the people that tna i mean yeah the people that tna took from wwe or like wcw they shoved in your face the people that wwe like have went from wwe that have gone to AEW are the people that were really never given their opportunity anyway. So it's like in a weird way, like TNA did it in the wrong way where they took a lot of already established stars and just shoved them back in our face again, just to, you know, get excitement. But AEW is doing it right where they put them in different roles. Like obviously look at the way apparently they're going to use big show. One of the biggest stars you can grab and they're not going to directly just throw them and make them be like, going for the world title or shit, he's going to be on commentary, and apparently he's going to wrestle here and there. So they're doing it right. Yeah, I agree. And you, you mentioned Jeff Jarrett, and just like, that alone kind of just stole TNA Ross in a whack because of how how prominent, and this is kind of going to be moving on to storylines, of how like um, prominent Jeff Jarrett was in TNA storylines. And, you know, yes, he's the own, he was the creator. He wasn't really owned at the time because Dixie Carter was, but he was in everything. He was everywhere. This guy was a man of like world title fuse for no reason, especially earlier on. Um, and he was just like a figure, a focal point. Um, 
some of the storylines were just was weird. Like him and Crangle, they had a good few, but at the same time, you know, that's that you have the whole storyline with this guy's ex wife and his kids. It's some, some yeah, of the stuff. <laughs> like, at a certain point, you gotta like have some type of morals. <laughs> kind of like, I right, maybe chill out with that. Um, and also during this time, you know, I, I really like Maven Mafia, but you brought up a good point where Maven Mafia was on TV a lot, and it was like old guys. Like the average age of Maven Mafia is probably like 40 something. Like, okay, maybe that's an exaggeration, exaggeration, but it was probably like mid 30s. And yeah. like that's that's thing at this time was probably well, near 50. Um, so oh, uh, you're just old guys running, running the show, and and like they hadn't, and then they had the weird. I don't know. If maybe I'm, this might not be this time period, but the weird fake NWO reunion with, with that they did the band that was just that was bad. <laughs> like that, Tina, Tina had like a lot of. I think this is this is like a, Tina had like a lot of bad storylines, like 2009 onward, that kind of like taints some of their some. Of, that's kind of where things went wrong. It tainted some of like the good stuff from like 2007, 2008. Uh, like they moved to Monday nights early 2009, I think, or early 2010, and that was just honestly a mistake <laughs> to be they in, in all fronts. Um, Hogan changed the ring. Yeah, that they they changed the ring, and this is the um, this is the, honestly the downfall of TNA was was when all the stuff started going down in like early 2010, and kind of just ended that era and killed it, and almost killed everything that, that they worked for, <laughs> honestly. Um, in AW, I haven't really had a storyline either that, that I could say was bad. Um, honestly, like I, if I enjoy most stuff, if there's some stuff I don't enjoy, I didn't enjoy like Sammy Guevara and Matt Hardy storyline. I didn't really like, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't think I could call something terrible yet with AW. I have one that I would say is pushing that area. I don't hate Myro. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but like there's potential in what they're doing with him. I say they're still using him a lot better than what they did at the end of his career with the WWE. But I still don't really understand what the hell is going on. Like, I think what really, really pushed it over the edge for the Myro feud going on with the best friends for me was the wedding because that shit was so anti fucking climactic, <laughs> and they were. They were promoting it for weeks just to be so fucking weird and kind of boring. Um, but I still like believe there's hope in what they're doing with, with Miro or Miro. Um, I will say what TNA had a problem with at that time, and they did for a long time, and it's something that wrestling companies like to use a lot, you know, and, and by wrestling companies, I guess I'm talking about TNA and WWE is the authority angles get Mm -hmm. really used and overplayed because that's kind of half the time what Jeff Jarrett was doing. Then when Hogan and Eric Bischoff were becoming more of a thing there, it was very much like authority, authority, authority getting involved. And this wouldn't be like the last time because then eventually it would continue and continue with Hulk Hogan. And then you throw Dixie in the mix and whatnot. It's just... That is overplayed too much, and the thing is, WWE was doing it a lot too, and still does it. They have taken a little break from it, but kind of are bringing it back in a weird way, not too much with the way Adam Pierce is being portrayed, and now Shane McMahon showing up, where I think we're probably going to get like Shane versus Braun for some reason. Um, but AEW, they're you know they're trying to be different with some of the stuff that they're pulling off, 
And they haven't had to just rely on the whole like authority angle. Like Tony Khan is not really any focal point besides like being on a commercial for impact, um, which is pretty good. Uh, and I'm trying to think more of some other storylines that were going on back then, but it, I, I'm really drawing a blank. I would need to rewatch more of it in impact, but I guess for right now I would get, I'd say AW would win that just because they're not falling for the typical like authority angles that are running the company and then they're getting involved too much. And like I said, the old people from the WWE are in there, but they're not being shoved in her face, which happens a lot in impact during those times. And, you know, it was just the change when Hulk Hogan came, you know, it was like a big thing to see Hulk Hogan coming again, just because like, unfortunately no matter how racist the guy kind of is <laughs> if he's showing up for wrestling it's kind of a big deal because he you could you can't discredit what he did for the wrestling industry and if you didn't have a whole kogan who knows where wrestling would be right now unfortunately um but when he went to tna he started becoming wwe light like you know they started they changed the ring around and they were trying to basically like rebuild people in a way that was very wwe ish and like you know impact was trying to do kind of in a way like what AEW says they are they're the alternative they're the different part of wrestling you know if you're tired of the same old shit watch us Mm -hmm. and what made them so unique was their six-sided ring mind you it was one of the worst things to ever take a bump in because of how just poorly constructed and designed it was and I bet a lot of them were very happy to go to the four-sided ring, but it just it took away that essence of what TNA was, you know. And TNA had just so much cool, unique things to offer to the table. And, you know, Hulk Hogan kind of like that era when they brought him in and started doing stuff. I don't really know how much real control he had in the back, but what they're promoting to us on television, kind of just the storylines we were getting as then that continued is why they kind of like kind of went on a decline. Yeah, yeah, and you mentioned Dixie Dixie Carter. I think Dixie Carter becoming the on-screen character was the biggest mistake that they ever could have made. She's not interesting enough to be on TV weekly. <laughs> like that's why I'm happy Tony Tony Khan's not on TV because you fall into a trap of having someone who she's she's just not a TV character. <laughs> she never was. She doesn't have the. I don't know. That was just a big mistake. I don't think the impacts part. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I think overall. Like between those three like things, I feel like teen teenager during the time did a lot of stuff good and a lot, but also did a lot of stuff wrong. They kind of cancels cancels out each other, um, and it was still good wrestling team, good wrestling to have. And like it was a nice alternate for a while until it became like WWE light. Um, it kind of just ruined things. But I think AW sets itself up, like you said. I think they're more of that true alternate. Cause I don't get a WWE feel at all from. From uh, AW when Impact later on you start feeling that a little bit, um, so I think overall, as much as I enjoy TNA, I think I do enjoy AW a little bit more now uh, compared to then because it's just fresh, it's just different. I don't have to worry about it ever turning into WWE. Cause I don't think they'll ever go down that path. I don't think they have to. I might have to worry about them turning into like I don't know New Japan, but I don't watch New Japan often enough to really care. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> and hey. I don't see Impact. I don't see TNA doing an electric, an exploding <laughs> like electric barbed wire, or whatever fucking match. So, in fact, 
that's uh, something they definitely don't have that WWE does. I mean, fucking WWE. I'm getting so confused that <laughs> AEW does. So, yeah, I would I would have to push it to to um, you know, AEW. It's probably a lot of that's a little bit biased because it's fresh and it's new. Um, but TNA that time and just a lot of TNA is very much memorable to go back to like else like one of the reasons why i did end up getting impact plus for the short period of time i did and eventually i'll pick it back up again was because you could relive so many cool moments when they were just different and unique and you know exciting and just a different type of company and you know now i feel like they're still trying to but you know if you look at what they are now compared to what they used to be, they're just a shell of a company. <laughs> like they're yeah. trying, like, you know, the fact that they have this kind of new working relationship back with new Japan is kind of helpful. And with AEW, that's kind of very helpful. Cause now you got people like, you know, Finley's kid on there. You got juice Robinson, you got the good brothers, you got stuff that they're trying to work. I think impact is, uh, will probably land better. Once fans are really allowed again, they're the only company right now, I think, still fighting in front of no one. Or, well, so is WWE, but at least they have the virtual crowd compared to Impact, where it's just, like, the commentary, and that's it, and the sound (laughs) of everyone hitting each other. But I will applaud them. They did fix their commentary team, which would make it more enjoyable. Matt Stryker and D'Lo Brown as your commentary compared to Josh Matthews and his wife. Thank God they switched that around. But, you know, yeah, AEW wins that. And I guess that's our show. You know, let's see what we bring out next week. We're going to talk about AEW Revolution. And uh, we'll probably have uh, some other segment that we'll do here. I don't know what. We'll figure it out. But until then, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I hope you guys liked what you heard. Come back on Monday for another pop culture episode. And come back next Wednesday for you can hear us talk about all the crazy shit that's probably going to happen the next week within wrestling. And... We got a go-home show tomorrow, well, today, for you guys, if you're listening on Wednesday, with uh, everything that's going on. You know, we're going to see Shaq wrestle Cody. We're going to see the Women's Eliminator Tournament come to an end. And uh, Tully Blanchard is actually wrestling. (laughs) Tully's on the fucking card. So, good stuff to see. I'm excited to see what we got there. All that being said, thanks for listening, and peace out, people.